Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, it feels like yesterday that we were at the halfway point of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And here we are with the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, part two of the season. We're going to discuss it. We're going to spoil it. Time flies. Yeah. Time absolutely flies. We just did the Stranger Things one. And within a week or two, we're going to have to talk about Stranger Things. We got four more hours of Stranger Things and two episodes. But before we get into our Obi-Wan Kenobi review of the second half of the season, um, I have my picks of the week. And because we're recording this after Wednesday, I have re- actually read the books. So I can actually tell you my my opinions on this. And um, all three of them still made the cut. I didn't have to go back and, and uh, amend them. The first one comes from Image Comics, and it's called Beware the Eye of Odin. It's a number one of four, so a little miniseries, written by Doug Wagner with art from Tim Odland. And vinyl and plastic creator Doug Wagner returns with artist Tim Odland and colorist Michelle Madsen to bring you a tale of Vikings, trolls, frost giants, and Valkyries. When a Viking prince finds the Eye of Odin, he must return it to the rightful owner or face a death of boils and decay. By his side are a one-armed warrior past his prime and a female warrior convinced she's a Valkyrie. Monstrous mayhem ensues. So, you know me. I'm I'm for all the Viking and Odin, Valhalla yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the so Norse gonna, mythology. Yes, so if that's on there, I'm going to pick it up. I read it, and it's great. Like, this is a book that I think you would really like. How's the art? It's not... The art's great. It's it's very, like... It's, like, Marvel-esque in the sense of, like, imagine Thor not being a god and just trying to do the right thing after being cursed. You know what I mean? Okay. There's legitimate frost giants. There's ogres and, like, a bunch of really cool stuff. And it's it's very much... You remember the, the cartoon Disenchantment? Or Disenchant It? Yeah, the macaroni stuff. Yeah, it's very much in the vein of that. It's a fun little four-story arc. Okay. And the first the first book had me hooked. I was like, I'm going to read this. And the art's cool. It's not, you know, weird and abstract. It's 100% traditional comic book art. The story's fun. The dialogue's great. And the story, like, it keeps going. Like, it's a long story. And uh, I'm here for it. So if you're looking for, like, a, a sleeper pick, I would consider this a sleeper pick. Um, and it's only four issues. So that's... $16 in the end of the, you know, four months total. Yeah, so bad. give it a shot. Yeah, give it a shot. The next one, I went, I'm pretty sure I went almost all miniseries. Uh, the next one comes from Marvel, and it's the new Fantastic Four, number one of five, written by Peter David himself, with art from Alan Robinson. And the tagline is, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Hulk. When these unlikely heroes first banded together to become the new Fantastic Four, they made Marvel history. Now, this fan-favorite team returns in an all-new adventure written by Peter David. Set shortly after the events of the group's first appearance, brace yourself for a wild ride and guest stars aplenty, including the original Fantastic Four, plus a series of mystery villains that you'll never see coming. So that Fantastic Four has already existed in the comics before, so I don't know why it's called New Fantastic Four, but I get it. Are you intrigued enough to pick up this five-part miniseries featuring spider-man ghost rider wolverine and hulk oh yeah definitely um i haven't picked up a fantastic four comic in ages because there really hasn't been any 
But yeah, it it does sound pretty cool. Yeah, and this one's really cool. I like that team up. It does have a bunch of guest stars, so it is it's definitely a good book. Whether you're a Fantastic Four fan or a Fantastic Four hater, I feel like they really pinpointed it in terms of Marvel and gave like if you like dark stuff, then you've got Ghost Rider. If you like the X Men, you got Wolverine. If you like the OGs, you got Spider Man. And if you like, you know, science, you've got the Hulk. So they really did a good job like peppering that team together. Now so that go ahead. Without spoilers, it is there really surprise villains? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's gonna it's not gonna knock your socks off to go back to nineteen twenty six. Um, but it's going to be like, oh, I, I didn't really see that one coming. Okay. So, yeah, it's a fun little story. So definitely pick that one up. And finally, this is a 12-part miniseries. So not quite a miniseries, more of a limited series, and it spans a full year. And um, he's getting a movie, so might as well get a new story. And that's Black Adam, number one, written by Christopher Priest with art from Rafa Sandoval. And there is no forgiveness for Black Adam. This is the reality, Teth Adam, immortal man, of indomitable will must face when he discovers his or he has been infected with an incurable plague destroying his immortality haunted by a specter of centuries of dark deeds black adam transfers his powers of worthy to a worthy successor who will redeem adam's legacy and defend their ancestral homeland of kandak only to subsequently become mythically handcuffed to him when adam's plague is arrested giving birth to perhaps the most volatile and dysfunctional super team in DC history. Powered by the stunning art of Rafa Sandoval from Justice League and breathtaking painted covers by Irvin Rodriguez from Detective Comics. And I will say the first comic it covers is sick. Um, And written by Christopher Priest, who is a staple at all of the Philly Comic Cons, uh, who has also uh, written Deathstroke and Justice League, brings his trademark wit and skill for character deconstruction to an entirely fresh examination of the man you love to hate get ready to ride the lightning i like when i read this i was hooked until that last line get ready to ride the lightning i was like oh come on dc do better yeah it's kind of cheesy it's super super cringy uh but i will tell you the one thing i do like is when characters are deconstructed and this one really deconstructs Black Adam. You know, first few pages, I was like, I don't know where I stand with this one. But as the story evolved, and it kind of like jumped from like, it felt like a anthology series for, you know, different worlds, different stories. But I was piecing it together. Maybe it's because I was super tired. But then, you know, I reread it before we started to record. And I was like, this is, this is pickup worthy. You know, I haven't, don't think I've read a Christopher Priest book in quite some time. It might have been his last Deathstroke. So this one, if you want to learn more about uh, Teth Adam and Black Adam before the movie, this is the one to do it. So give that one a shot. It was a light week for me this week, so I was like, I'll give that. I think these were the only – I think I think picked up four books, and uh, three of these were my picks of the week, and the fourth one was my Moon Knight book. So – Ride the lightning and pick up the new Black Adam book. Out of those three, are you picking up all three? Possibly. I don't think I, I'm making it this weekend, but if anything, 
if I would have to pick an order, if I it would probably be Fantastic Four, uh, the Eye of Odin, and then Black Adam. I'm surprised you went Eye of Odin second, but I think of the three, that's how I would rank them for you, just in terms of if you would like them. Yeah. I think you might be on the fence with the Black Adam after you read it. But, I mean, I, that's for you to decide once once you read it. Um, I will say, you know, the comic book stories that are coming out are fantastic. And this Black Adam storyline is before the death of the Justice League and before all this Dark Crisis stuff. So if you're current on the DC stuff and you're like, oh, how did the Justice League die? Um, you know, but... This is before, so it takes place before all that fun stuff. So let's dive into a galaxy far, far away and uh, discuss Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 2, the last three episodes, 4, 5, and 6. And I really just want to talk about the second half in terms of how it stacked up against the first half. We really did a great job talking about the first half. And in terms of the second half... I felt that it really turned the action up to 10. Oh, you know, th- without a doubt, yes. Right? So, like, the first part, first three story or three episodes was your story building. You know, these are the characters that are at play. This is who Reva is. This is what the Inquisitors do. This is, you know, who all these people are. And there's somebody on the inside. And there's a network. And Darth Vader's alive, blah, blah, blah. Right? And my worry going into the second half based on what we had kind of seen in the first three episodes is that Vader was going to kind of pop in and out and be this background threat. But they really gave us what we wanted. Like the biggest downfall in the Star Wars lore was they didn't really give us enough Vader as a badass. Like we got that real small clip at the end of Rogue One where we were all like, oh yeah, that's absolutely who Vader is. And I was worried that they were going to for lack of better terms, Disney-fy Vader and make him, you know, kind of this ambiguous person, not a villain, not a hero, not even an anti-hero. But at this stage in his life, Vader is clearly a, a villain. Yeah. Oh. Right? Yeah. yeah. He is, you know, this is him at his worst, really. Um, because what it, we saw in uh, episode four, five, and six of the actual movies... I'm talking about, you know, uh, New Hope, Return, and um, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. He, you know, he was kind of on a decline. You know what I mean? He was straddling that line with Luke, you know, his son and stuff like that. But, you know, these years, the formidable years of him building the Empire. Yeah, Um, this is the rise of the Empire, which is exactly what everybody is kind of hoped for and then at points in this season it kind of felt like that in my opinion you could tell that it was slated to only be one season because by episode six they started wrapping up a lot of storylines they did and and i was like getting through it 51 minutes of the episode we'll say you know 45 because the last six minutes were all credits i'm like man they really just they wrapped up Riva quickly. They gave you the the Palpatine, you know, cameo, which was great, and kind of leading you into what Vader becomes in Episode Four. Qui Gon's there, 
you know, there's that moment. There were no cliffhangers. Luke got to see uh, meet Ben with the hello there, all that stuff, right? Leia's back on uh, Alderaan with Jimmy Smith's. And I'm like, is this confirming that this was only a, a limited series like it's slated? Or is that season two coming out? And we'll talk about a season, possible season two in a bit. But it really seemed like as they wrapped it up that they made it more of a, a series finale than a season finale. Um, in terms of your opinion, what did you like? What did you think of the second half compared to the first half? Oh, it really ramped everything up. Um, you know, we got a lot more Vader, and we got a lot of Vader being a badass, like you said. Um, in the original movies, Vader didn't really do a whole lot. Um, they weren't right. You know, we saw him in the very beginning throwing the guy of uh, episode four, New Hope, th- you know, entering the ship, throwing the guy, choking him out, boom. And then the, I wouldn't even call it a fight scene between him and Obi-Wan when he killed Obi-Wan. Um, it was, they were just like, oh, boom, boom, you're dead. Uh, yeah, they're like, Alec Guinness, you're 100 years old, you're yeah. dead. I mean, they didn't have, like, stone, you know, great stone coordinators back then. And uh, David Prowse did what he had to do. Uh, Absolutely. You know, he was great, but, you know, he, George Lucas wasn't making a, you know, a huge stunt spectacular. Um, So we didn't really get to see a whole lot. But, so, you know, like you said, in Rogue One, he came out badass. These last three episodes, he was so amazing. And Hayden Christensen did a great job. Yeah, I mean, we got to see Hayden Christensen kill kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got to see Order 66 in two different perspectives. We got to see it in the first three episodes where the clone troopers are coming in there and they're killing everybody. But then when we, you know, spoiler alert, um, we find out that Reva was one of the younglings. And we could have said spoiler alert in episode our episode because I called it. You did. Um, You literally see Hayden Christensen come in there and chopping down children. And... Good on Disney for them to kind of get ahead of this and say, you know, right before these episodes, this is a fictional world. So some of this stuff can kind of be, you know, could offend viewers. So I'm glad that they got ahead of that because of what's going on now. But they really gave you Hayden Christensen or Anakin Skywalker, the villain. And we haven't really seen a villain in the Star Wars universe in a very long time because Kylo was just kind of a retread of of Darth Vader. He was conflicted. Once you get family involved, you become conflicted. But this one, there was no family involved. Obi was his best friend and his master and his mentor, but they're not blood. And he didn't know that Leia was his kid, and he doesn't know Luke was on Tatooine. So it was, I need to get revenge, revenge of Vader. And he damn near almost got it. Like that fight scene uh, in the finale where he drops a planet on him you know it's like thanos pulling down a moon and throwing it on the avengers like he just was destroying obi-wan well and i thought that was great and the thing like obi-wan came back we've never seen vader vulnerable like that um right i mean yeah at the end of um return of the jedi but like we've never really seen him vulnerable and in, in battle and yeah. Obi-Wan was handed it to him. 
And I love the scene when his helmet broke. And Yeah, that was a beautiful scene. And not only that, but like I really loved how obviously his his breathing apparatus was uh damaged. So the um his voice was going in and out. And I thought that was yeah. genius between, you know, yeah. the classic Vader voice and then uh Hayden Christensen's voice. Like that whole scene was one beautifully shot. Deborah Chow did an amazing job with the uh the cinematography and it was a beautiful show. Like there were some yeah. really, really good shots. But like the storytelling and the one thing that we've never seen in the Star Wars TV shows is one person take the helm of everything. And Deborah Chow directed all six episodes. Um, yeah, she really killed it. You know, we've been high on her since we were kind of introduced to her yeah. through the Star Wars universe. And, you know, yeah, we jumped on the bandwagon, but like she's she's phenomenal in this. To your point about that fight in the finale, um, you can tell the difference between the two styles of fighting, right? So Vader fought angry. Yes. And Obi fought, fought defensively, but strategically, too. Um, Obi had more technical skills than vader vader had more power in terms of the force but the way that they counteracted that and you saw like you saw throughout that entire fight you saw the the scale shift in both directions you saw when vader was at his peak and he buried obi but then you saw obi at his peak when it came down to you know this technical abilities with using the lightsaber and explaining that flashback you know the flashbacks were so important to this where he's like don't fight with anger don't assume like you fight with grace and and technicalities and stuff like that and he truly did and he just outworked vader who at the moment like could you imagine if the empire was watching you know they were the they would have turned they would be like oh lord vader is a bitch yeah you know but, how can you have vader, a leader of an empire and uh lose to a man, you know, get an old man who I mean, let's not just say a man. He's a Jedi master, yeah. but an old man who uh, to the audience still wasn't 100 percent in terms of force. No, he, he was just getting there. He was and Vader even acknowledged it. He was like, you got your power back like you're strong. Yeah. And you could see like you could see like Obi feeling like, damn, man, what could have been? What could have been if you were on my side? Like, if we could have saved so many people, the world would have been a great place. The galaxy would have been a great place. What did you become? And you know he wanted to have that, like, that sit-down. Like, that's all they needed was, like, a, you know, red room table where they just sit down and, you know, they just sit down and they get to business and and talk it out. But those two are never going to talk it out. We know what happens. We know the end game for them. But the possibilities of like, what if Vader n- never turned? Like, that's a comic book I want. Like, yeah. what if Anakin never turned? Game over, man. There's no, we don't have to worry about all the J.J. Abrams and the Ryan Johnson bullshit. It's all like, boom, bing, bang, boom, you're done. Like, greater threat, Emperor Palpatine. You got Anakin, Obi, Luke, older Luke, fighting you know, these, you know, Sidious and all that, that would have been amazing. But what we got in this show was, like you said, beautiful. This was a fantastic series. 
Was there anything that stood out to you that you weren't expecting? Not, not really. Um, you know, I we got a lot more Hayden Christensen than I expected. Um, yeah. You know, I was hoping like, okay, because anyone could be in the Darth Vader suit. So I'm like, how are they really going to have him? And then like with the flashbacks was really good. Um, to see him with the, I guess the most surprising thing is the helmet when the helmet was damaged. Um, yeah. To really show to see him behind that helmet. Yeah, that was that was kind of surprising to me because I was like, well, we can't see him without his helmet. You know what I mean? Like he, he's not going to be like the Mandalorian, and not going to be yeah. like the Jaren walking around. Like I can't take like that's a creed. Vader can't live without his helmet. Right. Unless he's in the back of the tank. Yeah. And, like, we saw, we, we saw like, you know, quadriplegic Vader. Yeah. But, like, that was it. Yeah. You know, you're not, he's not walking around like, hey, guys, uh, check out my new scars. Like, he's not doing anything like that. He he absolutely needs that to survive, like you said. So nothing stood out that, like, you weren't expecting. I mean, I guess. Were you expecting the Reva twist? Where she I didn't was gonna, she she was actually gonna kill Vader. I didn't. It makes sense. Um, but okay. after like you called it, like she's going to be, and I was like, okay, she might be after him. Um, like I didn't see that initially. That I thought she was uh, a youngling, but after you, you know, gratefully uh, called it, uh, predicted it, it, it made sense. So I wasn't like surprised that she was yeah, like that. There had to be a reason, right? That she was so so caught up in getting Obi and being, yeah. you know, Vader's right hand, right? It's not just like hunting the Jedi's. It's Obi was the only one that mattered, and it was the same thing that we saw when the Grand Inquisitor once he returned, um, when they were about to kill the pipeline. Vader was like, nah, nah, we're going to go after Obi-Wan. It's about Obi-Wan is not just any Jedi. And they both had that same experience. And I love the scene between Moses Ingram and Ewan uh, McGregor at the door before the sieging, uh, the siege of, you know, the base where they're explaining everything. You get the backstory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that of all the things was the only thing that might have surprised me. Uh, I knew she was going to quote unquote die. Um, and we already talked about the Grand Inquisitor being alive. Like, yeah. I knew that Reva was going to go because she doesn't exist in the canon. Like, there's no Reva. You know, in episodes four, five, and six, there's no mention of Reva in, you know, episodes uh, seven, eight, and nine. There's not, none of that. So I was just like, well, you know, you, ha- you have your, ser- your season. And that was great. Like, I thought Moses Ingram was fantastic. Yeah, she in was the show. Good. Like, she she acted her ass off. She made you believe she was bad. You hated her. You hated her in moments, and then you loved her in moments. Like when she goes after Luke and brings him back. Like her story was seemingly just wrapped up. Like she's gonna just go wander and like find herself. Like it would be cool for her to pop up somewhere else, maybe like in the Ahsoka series, mm-hmm. as like a reformed Jedi because, you know, Ahsoka's been conflicted and, you know, Asajj Ventress might show up who's also been conflicted. So there's a lot of conflicted 
Jedi's out there, which would be fantastic to show. But in terms of, you know, anything jumping out where I didn't expect, nah, I was pretty, I was, I got what I expected yeah. and nothing really surprised me in this one. But in terms of things that I would change, I'll go back to what we talked about before in the first episode and all the praise that we gave Vivian Lyra Blair yes. as um, young Leia. I would have given her, uh, given her a little less screen time in the fo- the last three episodes. Um, I get that this season is about the relationship of Leia and Obi-Wan because we already saw the relationship of Obi and Luke. So we're getting like the other half of it, the other side of the story. And I know that draws some issues amongst the canon and how, you know, Leia already if she already knew Obi-Wan in this, why didn't why didn't she remember in the original episodes? And the same thing now with Luke, I guess, because, you know, he met Obi. But I, besides I, that, I I don't think I would have changed anything. You know, the the one hole that was po- was pointed out was how did Reva know that Vader was Anakin? And they cleaned that up by giving you Vader's or uh, Reva's backstory. So I'm good with the rest of it. Was there anything that you would have changed about this uh, limited se- season? No. I mean, like I said, my gripes on the earlier run, uh, from the earlier episode, just like you said, like the continuity issues. Um, I mean, the Luke thing I didn't really care about because all he said in the, be- in the uh, New Hope was there was a hermit named Ben. Like, he knew of him, and all we know this is the first time and only time he met him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But the the Leia thing is a pretty big continuity issue because, like, I was thinking, like, are they going to try to say somehow their memory got wiped or somehow right. she – her memory got wiped and they could just say Obi-Wan is old. You know what I mean? Like, he's an old man. He didn't remember. Um, Yeah, because, like, how does a 10-year-old girl go her whole life, get captured by her father, who she doesn't know is her father, and reach out to Obi-Wan, you're our only hope, right, and not know who Ben is? Yeah. You know, when you went on this galactic adventure and almost died a thousand times. Like, she didn't reach out to Reva. You know, she didn't say anything about Tala, who R.I.P. Uh, she didn't reach out for Roken no. or Haja. Like, she didn't reach out for them. She reached out for Obi-Wan, who she clearly knew for a long time. Yeah, I mean... So, yeah, it it definitely gives some continuity issues. This, there. you know, this isn't a blip of, like, I met him one time. Like, you're 10 years old. Someone saves your life. You're going to remember remember that for the next nine years when... You know, he pops in your life again. So, like, I didn't hate it. I just was like, it doesn't... I love the season, and I, this was great, but that was the only thing that was kind of like... Like, I was kind of hoping they would somehow wrap it up at the end, and they didn't. Yeah, and, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff online where, like, the, and I'm sure you have too, and that cesspool you hang out in. <laughs> oh, yeah. That... That people are like bitching about the season and saying like, you know, it ruined the continuity and, you know, maybe it, it 
opened up some more holes and some questions, right? Yeah. But the way I see it is this this is a time where we can finally say in 2022 that we are getting more Obi-Wan Kenobi and more Darth Vader on our television. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that would have been out of the question. Oh yeah. Like that were like that Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor would return to those roles and it'd be this good. Like this could be and let's take it for what it's worth, right? We know people who have kids. You have ki- you have a kid. This is for people who have younger kids than you and older kids than me because I don't have a kid. This is the opening to the Star Wars universe for people. You could literally watch episodes one, two, and three, go right into Obi-Wan, and go to four, five, and six. And you have your full arc right there. Like this is this can be the the true first look at Obi-Wan Kenobi as the hermit. This is the first look at Darth Vader the villain. Not the the guy who's conflicted because he, he's got to fight his son. I look at it and I'm like, I, I, I guess it's beca- because I'm, we've done 600 hours of this stuff. <laughs> You're not going to get it perfect no. every time. You can't. You, you can't because there's so many different story arcs and issues of comics and sto- so much backlogs and stuff that is canon versus not canon. Even in comic book movies, you're not going to get it perfect. If you can make millions of people happy by the announcement of a show, you've already succeeded, right? You can double up on that by just telling a good story. And I think that – no, I I know that Deborah Chow told a good story because we watched it. Yeah. And we got Darth Vader, the badass. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi, the conflicted Jedi who is now going to become – you know, go on his walkabout and become a mentor to Luke Skywalker in the future. Like, we know where we go. And if this is it, then that's it. Um, which kind of brings me up to season two. You know, we kind of prefaced that in the in the beginning that this should get a season two. But recently, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, um, who <laughs> seems to really just love to rain on people's parades. Um, I think she gets joy on just squashing rumors. Um, she comes out and says season two is possible, but not currently planned. Now the Mandalorian was renewed. What after episode two? Um, yeah. It was renewed for episode three or season three before episode, uh, season two came out. You know they've launched all these series. Book of Boba Fett got renewed. Um, if this were to get a second season, which I wholeheartedly believe it should, is there anything that you would want? in the second season of Obi-Wan cool. Kenobi. Uh, maybe Darth Maul come back. You know, I kind of thought that that was going to be the end credit scene. You know, you have Qui-Gon shows up finally because Obi was strong enough. And he says, come on, we got a, a while to go. And as they, they pan out, it goes to an end credit scene of Darth Maul plotting his revenge. Um, I thought that would have been a really great kind of send off. But again, like we said, this kind of seems like a series finale um, and you don't want to end it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And if, 
you could have ended it on that and it could have been yes a cliffhanger or it could have been a tease for like do you guys really want this does deborah chow want to do this does hayden christensen want to do this does you know ewan mcgregor so on um the stuff i'd like to see honestly is if and when we get a second season i'd like to see obi trying to find more jedis because they're out there we know it there's a whole different you know there's a whole path out there roken and all those people they know that there's um there's Jettas. Quinlan Voss is out there. But I'd like to see that happen and parallelly, like parallel to that storyline, I'd like to see Vader building the Empire to its strongest. Yeah. Right? So you don't move away from Hayden Christensen. You always keep him in there. And have the Empire hunt Obi, right? More Inquisitors. Then I'd like to see Obi come across more legacy characters lando calrissian you know not a young han solo definitely not a young Han solo but you get darth maul and then you get characters like kira and crimson dawn mm-hmm. i'd like to see them incorporated in this i think they and have to come have, in they have to come in. i mean you would think right i mean but they they're pushing that about three different series already they're pushing them very hard in the comics and yeah but the comics don't mean shit to Disney. No, I know, I know that. But what I'm saying is, like, there's so much story that they can tell that they didn't really tell on Han Solo. Um, or Solo. that movie. I don't want to remember that movie. But there's also so much story that they could tell with Obi-Wan Kenobi. His yeah. journey's not done. There's still 30 years left of his journey uh, to be told. No, nine. He went... I'm, I mean, I'm talking Ewan McGregor to Alec Guinness, Alec, uh, Alec Guinness, but yeah, I mean. Well, no, Ewan, from now until when, this is only a nine-year span from now until. Um, well, I know I know that, but I'm just talking like between their ages when oh, they took the role. Oh, okay. Um, I want to know what made Obi-Wan Kenobi look like <laughs> Alec Guinness. The two sons. You know what I mean? The two so, sons on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I don't even think he spent all his time on Tatooine, to be honest with you. So I'd like to see that. Um, furthermore, another rumor out there, Hayden Christensen uh, stated that he would be down to do a Darth Vader spinoff series. Yes. Would you yep, like to yep, see yep. a Darth Vader solo series? 100%. 100%. Without a doubt. Right. I mean, if you're not going to do Obi-Wan Season 2, Darth Vader, Darth, uh, Darth Vader Season 1... Is a no-brainer. Imagine how much shit you're gonna sell. Yeah, you know, you don't have like you're not gonna sell the Obi Wan Kenobi cloak. Nah, like that's not gonna be a, a popular Halloween costume. But if you go out into a Darth Vader series, Darth Vader becomes the number one Halloween costume again. Yeah, it becomes the number one toy, the number one Funko Pop, like. All of these options, and we know what Disney's like, and we know what Lucasfilm is like. They're all about making money off of toys and merch. Make a Darth Vader series. Like, I'm 100% down with that as long as they don't water him down. You know, I don't want to see season one where he's already conflicted because of Obi and because of Palpatine. Like, I don't want to see that. No, make him Like, Yeah, we need... Him to be the villain that he is from this season, his time on Rogue One, and early in 
the episodes four through six, right? But if they're not willing to do a Vader series, I'd like to see him pop up throughout the universe, Hayden Christensen. Uh, maybe an Andor. We know that timeline. He's still in there. Um, possibly the Skeleton Crew stuff with Jude Law, depending on what that truly is. I know the Acolyte they're trying to move away from this current storyline, and they're going to tell more of like Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. I believe. That's what I've been hearing. Um, or... They could go out and make another series because, you know, we know what they like to do. Make a ton of series. Um, make a Dr. Aphra series like I've been asking for. Um, and Vader plays a huge point into that one. But you know what we're going to get? We're going to get a Haja and Roken solo series. Um, speaking, well, one thing I did hear, rumor, um, that Cameron Monaghan is going to get a series of his character from Lost Jedi. I know. Oh, of Cal, I know. That would be amazing. Yeah, and and if they're gonna do video games, let's do Star Killer too. Oh yeah, yep. Like let's bring him in there. Like if you're just go balls to the wall right now. Star Wars is so hot right mm-hmm. now that if you can get Deborah Chow, Filoni, and uh, Favreau to put out this stuff, you're good. Get Bryce Dallas Howard to do um, a series. Yeah, uh, she did fantastic with. Uh, the um the mandalorian the just poach from them the one thing to go back where you said a few minutes ago about roken i was thinking i was said so if he's still alive because you know he didn't die yep if he is in the mandalorian you can just get ice cube yeah you really could because and i'll be honest with you o'shea jackson jr this was the best i've seen him since straight out of compton yeah he was great but I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so timeline-wise, nine, so we're looking at like 25 years, 30 years from yep. now to The Mandalorian. Yep. And I'm like, that's about how much Ice Cube is older than his son. I was like, that would be Man, how, that'd be pretty how cool. How ironic. Yeah, it would be great. How ironic would that be? O'Shea played ice cube in uh in straight out of compton yep. and now you have o'shea senior playing o'shea jr in the mandalorian that would be so full such a full circle it moment. could be done even if it's you know just one episode i think that would be yeah. really cool to do yeah that would be that would be a fun fun little easter egg and there, like he doesn't even have to have a speaking line yeah. just him just even just popping up like in carbonite or something just like like <laughs> Roken turn, like I want to know where Roken went. But overall, man, we got to rate this geek graded. Is this still a ten for you? Yeah, I mean, even though my gripes, but like I love it. I love anything Star Wars. Um, you know, more content is better for me. So yeah, I I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm ten with you as well. More content is better for me as well. But the thing, you know, I said go balls to the walls with this. You really got to space things apart like apart right so if this is the end of the mandalorian season three you wrap that storyline up right book of boba fett you wrap that storyline up and then you start announcing more series you can't have 55 what if series being announced um look how long it took andor to get made you know what i mean um the acolyte was announced two years ago it hasn't even started shooting yet it hasn't even been casted yet but we got a casting of Skeleton Crew already with Jude Law. So the priorities of the previous stuff 
are being outweighed by the new potential stuff. And what I think could happen is we could get Star Wars fatigued because there's going to be skeleton crew on Wednesdays through July, but it also moves into, you know, the Acolyte, which comes out in September. And now you've got a bouncing storylines where casual fans are going to become confused. And that's the thing I'm worried about. Um, It's, you know, you got Disney, Disney plus is a beautiful place for this stuff because you have the chance to go back and like the Nielsen ratings really don't matter, but a series could live or die based on watchability and when you watch it. So it was a ballsy move for for Disney to go two major series in the summer released simultaneously with this and Miss Marvel. Yeah. But it seems to be working out. I can tell you, I get home on Wednesdays, I can only watch one show and I pick this. Miss Marvel gets watched either Thursday or Friday. So I know I'm not the only one that that happens to, and I think it's this is the problem, and I, I'm saying problem in quotations because this is a great thing, great problem to have, right? A ton of superhero stuff that's good, uh, or a ton of geeky stuff that's good, but this is the problem that they're going to run into because now you look at it in the coming months, right, or the coming weeks. Obi Wan's done, but we have Miss Marvel, we have the boys, we have the Umbrella Academy, and we have Stranger Things coming out within, you know the next three weeks right umbrella academy's out now 10 episodes so that's 10 hours of your time the boys is weekly miss marvel's weekly and now you have stranger things which is going to be four hours spread across two episodes so it's a lot of stuff plus all the blockbusters that are coming out thor love and thunder black adam like a bunch of good stuff's coming out and we're at a cert where a point where COVID's kind of dying and people are doing more stuff outside so is tv gonna suffer so i i just i worry that we if they do go balls to the wall like i i hope for they may get fatigued but that's just my thought they disney hasn't done us dirty yet no so you know let's i'll put my trust in the disney plus team and the star wars team and by that team i mean favreau and filoni I don't mean Kennedy. Um, everything that Kathleen Kennedy says, I kind of take with a grain of salt because I usually don't believe half the shit that comes out of her mouth. But um, with that being said, Kathleen, if you'd like to come and defend that statement, uh, you're more than welcome to come onto the show. Yes. But that's it, man. We're going to get out of here. Um, that's our Obi-Wan Kenobi series part two review. Next week, um, I honestly have no idea what we're going to be talking about. It all depends on time, like I said, and what we're going to be able to watch. Next week could be a midway point for the boys. It could be a Buzz Lightyear episode. It could be an Umbrella Academy episode. Or, Chuck, Morbius. it could be a Morbius episode. I don't think that's I don't know. It could honestly be the good, the bad, or the ugly. So stay tuned. Um, I'll announce it on Instagram or what our next episode is, probably the Monday before we record. Um, 
But follow us on social media. Like I said, Instagram, we're there. I don't post, but I'm going to get back to it. It's The Active Geek. Chuck's on Instagram, Chuck underscore The Active Geek. Galaxy Wars podcast coming back soon. Gym class podcast about to, about to start. I'm on Cage My IQ. Find me on YouTube under Cage My IQ. Um, follow AG Cosplay, our resident cosplayer who is about to enter high school. Shout out to her. Yes. And um, yeah, that's it, man. We're going to get out of here. So. Um, 10 all around for Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you haven't watched it, you've been spoiled, but go back and watch it. And that's it for the Active Geek Podcast. I'm Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.